Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Welcome into the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers, and we're talking NFL draft prospects this week. We're up to the interior offensive line, Keith, one of your favorites. Yeah, and I'm probably the only person who ever has ever said that. Um, but those of you um, that know me or, or have listened to our other show know that the offensive line is kind of my thing, right? Um, I don't know why, I don't know how that ever happened, but I have become that person who doesn't know who's carrying the ball, but I can tell you if the right guard, uh, pulled correctly and, and made it to the right spot. Um, and somehow I became that guy, but you know what? That <laughs> also is, means is great. Yeah. It, it also means that, uh, as we get closer to the draft, I become, uh, more popular because most draft analysts don't know what they're looking at. They, but they admit they don't know what they're looking at with the offensive line. So they come talk to me they go, Hey, who do you like? Um, and unfortunately for today, I think that there's not going to be a lot of surprises who I like, because I seem to like the guys that, you know, the consensus out so there anyway. likes. Yeah. So, so far, I also haven't done a tremendous amount of studying. I've done. Yeah, some. I think, I think that once we go through the bowls, uh, the senior bowl, and then when, once once we go through all the testing at the combine, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these interior guys, the the athletic guys, the guys that can move in space, seem to rise up. And the plotting guys, the guys that are kind of space eaters in a phone booth, kind of guys seem to fall a little bit. Yeah, yep. that just seems to be the trend overall. And um, I don't see it's it hard. Any- Sometimes it's hard to tell that. Um, on tape because if you've got a guy that um, 
does well in his space and you see him, he doesn't get beaten past protection and he doesn't, um, you know, he, he can move the, he moves the pile a little bit, but he doesn't give up, um, you know, where guys are getting penetration for, against the run and that kind of stuff. They look good. And then you, they go in and test and you realize, wow, this guy's it's not going to translate because he's good only because of the level of competition and he doesn't have the athleticism to hold up. And that's an unfortunate part of, um, evaluating offensive line is being good at college level doesn't mean it translates. And there, there have been people who have been better at the pro level than they ever were in college because they didn't really know what they were doing. They were just trying to let their athleticism be the thing. And when they got to the pros, you know, they actually got some real coaching and they really learned their craft and they learned uh, the techniques that are required. And, uh, it's it's a much more technical thing than I think most fans um, realize. Absolutely. So I figured today, instead of just kind of having a top 10 list, we'd just talk about some guys, some prospects. They're at the top. I've got, you know, several. You've got a few. Uh, let's pull them together and kind of uh, see who we have uh, lined up together and, and see who each one of us brought in that might be a little different. I thought I'd start out. Um, there's a couple of consensus guys that mm -hmm. seem to be at the top. One's a center, one's a guard. Yep. Uh, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, 325 seems to be one of the two consensus guys that are sitting there possibly uh, going in the first round of the 2022 mm -hmm. draft. Uh, do I have that right, Keith? Is that who you ha also have at the top as well as- I do. Um, I do. I think uh, he is, he's the best interior lineman. Um, in this class, at least so far, uh, in my yeah. opinion, I think he's a guy that uh, he's a road grader in the running game, just big body, long arms. I think he's going to translate really well. I've seen some people projecting him in the top 10, and I always have a hard time thinking a guard is going to yeah. get that high because guards just right. aren't valued. But some guards are difference makers. And um, this guy looks like he could be a special player. I really think um, just all NFL offensive linemen are big, strong, powerful guys. And this guy will stand out amongst them right. um, as a big, strong, right. powerful guy. And so. that really does pop when you watch, when you watch the tape with this guy, it's like oh, immediately yeah. he's got a real heavy seat about him, but he moves mm -hmm. well at the same yeah. time. He's like, he yes, gets he does. really low, but he moves well side to side. He's violent. Like his, he's got violent hands. He likes to pancake people, push you out of the way. He excels in the ground game, obviously. Probably mm -hmm. needs some tools to be a pass protector in the NFL, but that will come with time. Um, but I think he's an immediate starter in the NFL for virtually almost any team, yeah, either on the right or the left side, depending on how he fits. And um, just an exceptional power and a ridiculous anchor. Like he's got the widest butt <laughs> at, for a, for a lineman that you've ever seen. Like he's just a wide body guy. <sighs> With not a lot of we're gonna have to work on your ter ter terminology. Well, okay. um, for <laughs> the seat is just amazing. Um, but but that seat is that anchor, and it's mm -hmm. crazy on him. Like it's really just noticeable that he he's gets got down lower than any other offensive lineman, in and his. that's the part that's impressive because he is a big guy, even amongst offensive linemen. Um, like you know, he's in three twenty five range, and a lot of guys playing guard right now are you know. 305 to 310 to 315 are the bigger ones. And he's a good 
10 pounds, 15 pounds bigger than all of them. Um, but he gets his pads low. He keeps his weight back. He's not out over his knees. Um, he's, he's, he, he's low. He gets leverage. He gets underneath guys. There's just a lot to like about his technique on top of the fact that he is just a big, powerful human being. And athletic. Um, and he yeah. has the feet to kind of support that frame. Yeah. And so, and then the other guy that I know that you were going to jump in and talk about um, after is kind of the opposite guy. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum out of yes. Iowa. Is that Absolutely him? Yep. The opposite. Opposite. Literally. Yeah. So he is, um, he's only 290 pounds. He's a center. Um, but man, the guy gets out into space. You can pull him at center. He can get up and block uh, the linebackers, safeties, um, really moves well in space for a guy that size and he is an absolute technician his yes there's no wasted steps there's no he is does not get pushed off balance or moved and his hand placement on and, where he puts his hands on shoulder on chest yes you know it's he's really and active the thing with his that hands. i noticed about that is he's such a good technician that it looks like he plays heavier than he actually is. It's because true. Because he's actually in the right spot all the time. His football yep. intelligence is like top notch. Mm -hmm. He's the consensus best center in the draft. There's no question. Like between him and the second guy, is there's a considerable drop off. He's super athletic and fluid. He's going to test really well at the mm -hmm. combine. That's why I think he rises up. He may even get drafted ahead of. It's possible. Uh, you centers know, get, as, tend to go yeah. the top center tends to go below the top guard but true um but he's a technician i do wonder if teams will be scared off by 290 um i did note that they have him now listed on the iowa website at 295 and i was thinking the two i looked at the 290 weight i don't prior I as don't, well i don't trust and i the well website. true true <laughs> And and it, we'll find out at the combine. I bet mm -hmm. I guarantee you at the combine he's up to like three hundred. See if he's and, up to, if he's up to three hundred at the combine and he still tests well. Exactly, and that's then and that, that's going to do gonna everything matter. he can to make sure that he's at three hundred and he tests. Yep. Then then well. I don't think it'll it'll be held against him. But he right. is he is slightly undersized, and I think that that may. But there he, may be a couple he, teams that but question. He's, but he's such an athletic specimen and. Mm -hmm. He wants to hit you. Like he's he doesn't try. He's, a he's not a very physical player. player. He's not a finesse no, he's a player. very physical player. So he looks to yep. finish. And if you watch him, dude, he loves to like pancake people. Like that's mm -hmm. his specialty. He goes after he, he plays finishes a lot of block. Finishes yeah, a lot all that of blocks. Stuff. So anyway, yep. he was awarded the Remington uh, trophy last Thursday as part of the uh, college football award show, mm -hmm. as well as being named uh today as an AP all American first team center. So yep. he's, he's a guy I don't think that you can go wrong with in the draft. Um, he's, you know, if you want a sure thing and you're needing an interior lineman on your team, uh, he's one of uh, uh, just a handful in this draft that is virtually kind of a guaranteed player. Yeah. I think I, I would out. think so. I, th I think he's, he's going to be a, a fantastic player. And I, I would, if I was running a team, I'd draft him. Uh, in the first round, yeah, I wouldn't draft him high in the first round because he's a center. Um, what's high? What's high to you? Like mid twenties? No, I was thinking anything like, after twenty. I was thinking I would I would take him if, you, if you're picking twenty one and you have a chance to draft either of the guys we've already talked about. Go get them because they're going to yeah. be an anchor. They're going to be a standout player on your 
offensive line. They're going to protect your quarterback. They're going to make holes for your running. Your offense will be better with them. And I know they're guards and centers and people are going to roll their eyes at, at taking a one in the first round, especially in the twenties and not even waiting to like the late twenties or thirties. But these are players are good. I know I wouldn't say that about most guards and centers. I think well, that, these players um, are elite level that are worthy of that consideration. Yeah. Uh, Linderbaum's probably the best center we've had come into the NFL in the last two or three years. Um, and at least as a prospect, like, it, will he pan out? I can't guarantee that. No one can guarantee that. But everything that we see on tape, I, I think he is as sure a thing at center as you're going to find. Um, and I think Kenyon Green's as sure as guard is that, that you will find. And he's also had, you know, been had play at tackle so he's got some scheme diversity he's long mm -hmm. enough to be able to do that but i think he ideally fits inside but i think he he's another inside, sure bet but he's a guy that he's athletic enough and he's got good enough feet that he would played college tackle um i don't think he's a pro tackle i don't want i don't want to say oh there's scheme diversity he could do that but what it does is it speaks to his athleticism and his quick feet that most guys at 325 don't have yeah. they just don't um, and he does. So uh, that's a, it's, it's an interesting um, combination. Those are two guys that I think first round yeah. grades, first round yeah. grades without question. Yeah. But Probably Green the did, only two, only two first round grades I've got for Green did line up at left tackle for mm -hmm. um, the Aggies all year, just so it's out there. Um, the next guy that I had on my list was uh, Akim uh, Ikwanu at a NC State 6'4, 320. Um, the, the thing about him is his versatility as well. He played, mm -hmm. um, both guard and tackle and, uh, already he's played some, uh, defensive line as well when he was a freshman. Um, he's got a real nice dense frame, his strength and length is proportional. Um, so he's really good in space and has really good power one of the stronger blockers, natural run blockers in the draft, I think. Um, he's got... It's interesting. I leads have the him, Wolf Pack with 63 pancake blocks and 18 knockdowns. I have him as a tackle. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't have him as an interior guy. I, I have him sticking. He's 6'4". It's yeah. 320. So, I mean, it's gonna, you know. It's going to come down to if his wingspan is as long as I think it is, he's, he'll stick he is long. He he's long. long. He's a right tackle, and I think he's going to be a pretty good one. Um, I've got him with a, a mid to late second round grade at right tackle. Interesting. So, yeah. And it's worth okay. it for him to stick at tackle because they make more money. Tackles so one are of more. the one of the notes um, that was that I noted on here is that he had the potential to be the uh, Vera Tucker of the 2022 class means that he probably pay, play NFL tackle in the NFL, but he's more likely to have a successful career inside a guard. And I don't, I, you know, I wrote that after looking at some film and just looking at him as a prospect. But if you, if he does have that length, uh, the right tackle position is coveted in the NFL. And if you can play that and you can be successful at that, there's probably a chance that you're going to get penciled in there for sure. I mean, back in the day, uh, and, and to some degree, left tackle is still that coveted position on the line where they're the ones that get the big money. It's the quarterback's blind side and all of that. But go look at where the elite pass rushers uh, come from on the on the, from the defensive line. The right tackle 
has to be a, an elite player. Um, the light right tackle is a is an Absolutely. underappreciated position because um, the left tackle may have the quarterback's blind side, but the right tackle is the one typically playing against the best um, defensive lineman on the opposing team. And so uh, he's a guy that I think will be coveted. Um, I, I agree. Because if he's, so. if, if he's like a, uh, you know, if his arms are 34 and a half or 35, mm-hmm. it's almost a lock that he's going to play right tackle in the NFL. Yeah, but if they're if they're thirty two or thirty two and a half, he's a guard, and that's going to be. Um, and it shows up on film that he's long. I think so he's we'll, long. We'll I think he's long. We'll I think see. he's long enough to play it. Um, yeah. I'm not as I don't think I'm as high on high on him as you are. Um, like I said, I've got him. Um, you know, mid mid second round. But well, who's um, your who's your uh, who's your next guy off the board? Um, Zion Johnson out of yeah, uh, Boston College. So just an, another guy that's um, he's he's more he's more of a technician, not quite as like powerful as the guys that we've been talking about. But it's not like he lacks you know functional um, core strength or anything like that. This is a guy that's going to be more of a do everything uh, guard. He can uh, pass block really well. He's got quick feet. He is that got active hands. Um, I'd like to see his um, his we call it a punch. It's basically when you, you, they come up and you strike the chest and try and slow the momentum of the defensive player um, a little bit. I like to see him be more aggressive with that, but I think overall his strength, his uh, ability to stay in front of guys, he doesn't hold, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he's not handsy in terms of grabbing on to, to guys. He doesn't lean on people. He just uh, has good form and, and, and everything. And I think that he, is a early round two um yes. guard that's gonna you're gonna be able yeah. to stick he him on your line and run and with he it. could and he could move up after the combine he's one of those players because yeah. everything that you read like the scouting reports like if you go read three or four different scouting reports and you watch a little bit of film on this guy the one word that keeps coming up over and over and over again with him is strength playing strength, strong, being, uh, you know, uh, hitting hard at the point of attack, yeah. all that kind of stuff, competitive toughness. You just hear and see these things about there's a lot all of the time. attitude. There's a lot of attitude that, that is required to play offensive line. And I, I think it's underappreciated at times by NFL teams that there are guys that just have that mean streak. Um, yes. And you need guys like that on your offensive line. They're tone setters. Yeah. Other people involved. You got to have some of that. He, and this is a guy that has that. Yeah. Uh, but and, he and does any demeanor and temperament that he brings. Any NFL team covets. And he does that without playing out of control. A lot of guys that do that. They 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 he's play a, out he's of control. a little narrow. He's a and little I, narrow I, on his base. Yes. But that's it. That's yeah, the only I mean, thing that I really felt fault with. But him. that's part of why I think he is a he's more of a pass blocker than a run blocker in the NFL. Um that's not a bad thing in today's NFL. Well, especially when he has all those other attributes, he can make yeah, that up. Absolutely. So I, I think he's a guy that's gonna gonna go for a little bit. I, I I like him. He's a he's a guy I would draft. Um absolutely. Um I am curious where you have his teammate going. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. 
Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, yeah, interesting. Alex Yeah, let me see. I think I have him as being my third offensive center off my board. So he would be in the in the mid mid to late uh in on 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 our list combined today. Um, I, was, I have him it? as I have him as a late round three guy. Um, yeah, at yeah. this point. And I I'm yeah, I have know, Jarrett I was, Patterson ahead of him from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, at center and I've, he's my third center. He's the brother of Chris Lindstrom, um, 2019 first round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I just think that he's, we, we just talked about a guy that is his teammate, right? Mm-hmm. And they are completely different players in every possible way. Um, <laughs> like Alec Lindstrom is not strong. He's, but He's a technician. He's a he guy that's 6'3", 300 pounds that's going to come in and he's going to have to win by playing smart and, and being yep. in the right spot and winning with his hands and being the leverage guy. Um, but he's not going to, you know, he's, he's susceptible uh, to a bull rush, um, to o- being overpowered by a really strong defensive tackle. So he's going to need some double team help, mm-hmm. quite possibly I- at the NFL level. And that's why I have him as a late round three because he. he I don't even know if he's he's going to start in the NFL. I don't. The thing is, he's going to come in and he's going to instantly struggle with a guy like Aaron Donald. Wait, everybody struggles yes. with a guy like no, Aaron Donald. Right. So let's not. Maybe that's right. Not but the that's criteria. the kind of player though that um, I had in mind when I was saying he he is susceptible to that bull rush. He is. But there there are plenty of guys that he reminds me of that had very good NFL careers. Um, Robbie Tobek if you want to really flash back to a long time ago, um, comes to mind um, as a guy who uh, played the for center a couple- that's that was that plays for the Rams right now. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's but, a question but, I should have an answer to, but it's but not coming to mind but, right away. But he's, he's kind of like that, that guy, you know, 300, yeah, 305 pounds, six, three, you know, yep. Not doesn't have the tremendous functional strength, um, the core strength that you'd expect from an NFL offensive lineman, but really right. smart, always in position, gets his teammates in position, makes line calls, makes adjustments. Um, 
the thing that I think that, that pushes him down further than say the, the Zion Johnson, I know he's, he's more of a guard guy, but um, is, is just going to be that functional strength and the fact that he's not athletic to make up for it. So he's not athletic and he doesn't have the functional strength. I think he goes later than the third round in this in this okay. draft. Well, then we're gonna that's a, one of those things that's gonna show up. Uh, I I wasn't expecting the he's not athletic because I think he looked he looks fairly athletic, just he's he's more of a finesse player than a power. He's not player. gonna be as athletic as his brother. That's that's fair, but his brother was also a first round pick. So correct. Um, and I'm worth thinking, you know, third round. So, um, we will see he, maybe he's not, maybe he's a fourth round pick or, you know, somewhere in there. I, I do think he's a middle round guy and, um, he's interesting to me because I, he's one of those guys. I don't know if anyone will talk about him leading up and then someone's going to draft him and the fan base that drafts him is going to yawn and he's not going to be talked about or considered as like, Ooh, this, this guy that's going to, you know, be a, um, He's just a pick, right? He's just a guy. And then I think he's going to end up sticking and having a just a long career that no one really expected. I just I there's something about him I like. Interesting. Um I I, I just like the way that he he goes about his business at center. Um and I like a couple other yeah. prospects better than him. Okay. Like a, I like I like Jarrett Patterson. Out of Notre Dame, 6'5", 305, and I like Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. Really? Better than Alec Lindstrom as a call it as an NFL college prospect. Yeah. I mean, uh Patterson's interesting. Patterson's um, interesting. The, he was the only was the starter remaining from 2020. Um, um Stromberg from Arkansas. Ricky Stromberg. It's a name wow, that I've I think got, that you need to pay attention there. to. I know, but you need to pay attention to this guy because I think he's gonna be a riser. I think he's okay. going to end up rising up and um, going ahead of Lindstrom in the draft. See, that's interesting because um, looking at the uh, NFL uh, mock draft database information, um, he at one point was listed as the 50th best prospect in the country, and he's currently um, on the consensus big board at 175. So he okay. has he has just fallen. That's on that's on the on fifth fifth round, but he's. I think he's a riser. Okay, we'll see. Um, I because he's he's not really on my radar um, at all. Um, but you know, uh, and he's a Patter junior, so he yep. could go back for his senior year. They yep. haven't declared yet, so we'll we'll see. Patterson out of Notre Dame, I think, is is really interesting because he's a guy that at one point people were like, "This is a first round pick." He's a guy that's going to be like, um, you know, a, you know, one of those guys, and then he just. Yeah, well, he got hurt. Faded. He got he got hurt at the end of 2020, and then you know mm -hmm. the two or three other Notre Dame linemen were drafted in the NFL draft, um, mm -hmm. and he just kind of gotten got forgotten a little bit. And then this year, he's really kind of come into his own. He's taken a leadership role at Notre Dame. He's a captain, um, not only of the line but of the team. And um, I just think that he's like a solid solid player. Six five, three hundred five. He's got a frame to add another ten pounds if he needs to depending on the scheme that he's asked uh, to play you in. You don't think that his feet are a little slow? He's not or... as athletic as um, Linderbaum, but yeah. nobody is. Well, that's true. But, um, he's, just... but he is not, he's not like a special center, but he's going to be a guy that can come in and play for you for eight years and, and so, be solid for you. 
and he made may very well. The one thing that gives me pause with him is there are plays where I see his feet stop. And he's like, okay, I'm in position and his feet stop moving. And then he gets pushed and he ends up out of position because his the guy he's blocking their feet don't aren't, aren't stopped so they keep moving and he he gets his feet and he he stop and I, that's coachable that's something you can get out of but this is a guy that's been there he's he's from a program that produces a lot of offensive linemen that are well yes, coached so correct. I, I I have concerns um so we'll yeah see. I mean he doesn't um, have that he doesn't have that dominating feature about him or mm-hmm. dominating power or that zeal to like pancake somebody. Um, those are the concerns. That's the mentality aspect of his game is the concerning part. Like, mm-hmm. does he want to compete at the highest level and dominate? Is he, too, is he too nice of a guy? I think he wants to, but is that's he too ni- the question. Keith, is right he too there. is he too nice of a guy um, in terms of who he is to be a dominant NFL offensive lineman? And again, you know, um, he, that's not as necessary as a center. That's, you need that at guard. You have your guard has to have that main streak. Your center, you actually want to be smart. I mean, there's a lot that uh, of of getting getting the assignments right. When teams come up and they bring um, they bring seven guys, and you've got five offensive linemen and a running back. That's six people to block seven guys, which means somebody's going to come and block. So you have to choose which one that's going to be, and all all of those different different calls and and all of that stuff that has to be figured out, decided on and communicated. And you have one and a half seconds to two seconds to do it. Um, You need someone who's pretty dang smart to play center at at the NFL level. And he's a guy that's going to fit that. He's a guy that you can trust to come in and be that guy. So I'm going to talk about it. He's going to hold up. I want to talk about a polarizing prospect. I want to talk about a guy that maybe you can't trust. Okay. On at offensive guard. Wonder if you can guess the one I'm talking about. Um, Ed Ingram from yeah. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you have him? Um, I have currently I've got him sitting at the beginning of round three. I've got him as my th- sixth sixth best. Guard I prospect, but I thought he was worth an interesting conversation. He, he's a guy that physically and some of his tape, he looks like he's a guy that should be drafted way earlier than he will be. Um, yeah. I mean, and, if you're an NFL team looking to inject life into your ground game, then this guy could, could be your guy. I mean, Tyron Davis price grabbed the headlines when he ran for 287 yards and three touchdowns rushing against Florida, but it was Ingram who was out there clearing those lanes. Yeah. For, where, for where, did, bust through. where did they run uh, all over and over and over again? It was right between the gap between him and the center, right yeah. up the gut because he was pushing people back and not just pushing back a defensive tackle, but pushing it back hard enough that he was also blocking uh, a linebacker who was trying to get around and into a gap. Um, and so he, God, he was just crushing people. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, tra- the weight transfer in the hands and the core strength and all that stuff, just all line up. Mm-hmm. And then you just got to wonder where he's at, you know, in his head and that's the stuff. problem. And, and the, you know, and the penalties, I think he's a guy that I would, you're, you asked and that's, trust. 
Yeah, that's the hard part. The penalties is a real big red flag when you combine the off-field stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I, do I – God, the talent's there. I, this is this is the part of doing this that I don't like. The talent is there. If we were just judging talent – And we like, don't have access to like interviews and all that no, stuff. No, not at all. And that's one of the things that happens every year is there are guys that were like, oh – you know, there's there's this off-field stuff, so you, we push them down in rankings, and then they go in the, you know, way before we we expect, and then it turns out teams interviewed him, and they're like, no, this isn't what you think, and and this was a, a this was a player that, yeah, he got arrested, and so that's why everyone's pushing him down, but he got arrested for doing stuff when he was homeless, and then he got, you know, whatever, and pick a story. There's so many of them. Every team's got two or three, um, and and they're actually like a really upstanding dude. Um, now that the, you know, that now that they, or, or that part of their life gives them an edge and an appreciation for what they have, you know, yeah, you and just so, never know. There's just always that story. Um, but then there's also, there's all the guys that have come in and washed out because they can't stay out of trouble and they can't, um, whatever. So where does this guy go? Right. Which, which direction is he, is he a, um, a guy that's going to wash out because of the stupidity of, of the off field stuff? Or is he a guy who's got that? got his act together and has learned to appreciate what he's got and to really um you know rise above that if he's the former it's going to be a waste of a draft pick if he's the latter you're going to be really really happy with this player so do you have one or two other prospects to talk about before we get out of here um the only one that i was looking at that i was kind of interested in um is uh logan bruss out mm -hmm. of wisconsin um and again for me there are two schools that i look at they're kind of the pipeline of offensive line talent to the nfl and it's wisconsin and stanford and if you need an offensive lineman and you don't have any idea how to how to grade an offensive lineman go get someone from wisconsin or Stanford, because I guarantee you, they will be extremely well coached. They will be disciplined. They will do their job. Um, and that can be a plus and a minus. Um, Stanford offensive linemen and to some degree, Wisconsin tend to be guys that they are what they are because they're, they've been coached to their, uh, their peak, their, their, their ceiling in college. Um, but I see Bruss as a guy that yeah, he does a lot of things right. It's just really hard to find a mistake. Find a mistake. Yeah. And I don't see one. And I got to tell you, if we get, you get an offensive lineman that doesn't make mistakes and just does his job well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, right. Where you've got an above average football smart player and, and, mm -hmm. and intelligence, plays with a nasty streak, solid character and work ethic but isn't super athletic. He's not yeah. super quick footed. So you kind of worry about the, you know, some of the edge guys and so forth at the NFL level. Um, but here's a guy that could come in and be a really nice interior prospect for you and also excel on special teams and mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. So this might be not, not a guy that you're drafting to start immediately for your line, but you're looking to fill out your, your, your depth. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, like, there's something about, Wisconsin and Stanford guys, they are so well coached on their offensive line. Um, you can't, you, you tend to can't, you can't go wrong with, with 
a guy from either school. And Bruss is the guy that this year I look at and I'm like, you know what? If I needed a guard and I needed someone who could come in and just, you know, if my offensive line is terrible and I need a guy that's going to be a rookie on a rookie deal and cheap and all of that, but can be steady and be a stabilizing force for all the chaos around him. Bruss looks like a guy that I I believe I can. So it's like a perfect fifth, sixth round guy. You know, it's a guy that you definitely want to get on your team. You're not going to allow mm-hmm. him to wait until the, you know, the seventh round to be a priority free agent. You're going to oh, go no, out no. You and get him early. Wait him then. You'd want to end around four, round five. That's more of where I'm thinking. Uh, but not a guy that you're expecting to come in and be a pro bowler, but a guy that you know you can depend on if you need him. That's that, yeah. that those guys are interesting to me. And I know people listening to this are like, this guy likes really uninteresting people. Well, <laughs> and it, you get a guy like that in the fifth round that has a nasty streak that's willing mm-hmm. to work hard. It really does lift up your entire roster when you have guys like that. Um, and go look at around. every go look at every single NFL team at their offensive line. The guys that start, the guys that are there week in and week out and play well, and you're going to find that fifth or sixth round guy that wasn't really well thought of but they've got a, both a mass, uh, a nasty streak and they don't make mistakes and they're technical in terms of the way they do things. You're going to find that guy on every team. Those guys have value. And Bruss looks like he's going to be that guy in this year's class, my opinion. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I had, uh, uh, Lissacious Smith, um, out of Virginia tech on mm-hmm. my list. Um, at six three two, or excuse me, three twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got yeah, him he's two twenty. Positional... He's not a guard. <laughs> no, but I've got him, you know, in the positional ranking, you know, in the in the mid twenties or so. But I thought he was a guy that had the traits that I'm looking for um, for guys that might rise up a little bit on big boards and go a little earlier in the draft. Just because mm-hmm. the, I, I think when you get past the kind of players that we're talking about now, it really does drop off. And so it there's does. still going to be demand and yep. need for teams to have guys. And so some of these, there's not, a, there's some really, there's a couple of really good guys at the very top of this list. And then there's kind of, there's a drop and then there's a group of guys in the middle. And then there's another big shelf where there's just a big drop before uh thing. It's not a deep class um, where you're going to find 10, 12, um, NFL caliber players at the interior line. It's not one of those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We didn't. We missed someone. Oh yeah. I, look, I was looking back um, at some of my notes. I, I think we missed um, Thayer Munford from Ohio State. Yeah. Six six two twenty. Um, big powerful guy. Like I, I just skipped over him. <laughs> um, and yeah. A let guy me with, see if he's on my list anywhere. I think I skipped him too. I think I ended up putting, I, I wrote a couple notes on Jackson Kirkland out of Washington and then realized that I was probably looking at a left tackle prospect in the NFL and stopped. Yeah. Stopped I, writing I, about I, him. I've got him as t- at attack at tackle as well. I don't have him in the interior. I, a, a team drafts him with the idea that they're going to move him inside. if they're making a mistake. He may not, yeah, even, right. if, even if he doesn't stick as a starting left tackle, he's a swing tackle that can play both positions and be that key third tackle on your roster. Um, if you're drafting him to be guard, I think you're wasting a resource. Interesting. So where do you have Mumford going? Um, you really look. No, um, I have him late round two. 
um, run blocker. Just he's a he's a road grader. Um, he's not Kenyon Green, um, but he's a road grader. And I think that there's there's a lot of value in a guy like him that you can come in and he's he has the potential to dominate the guy in front of him. Sweet. Is he gonna is he gonna be a guy that you want to pull and you know lead block on the outside? I don't think so. But if you're an inside zone team, um, or so power running, power team, yeah, yeah, you're you're running up the middle a, a lot, and you just need, you need someone that's gonna take the guy in front of you and just push them back to create a hole. Mumford is the guy that I think you can trust. Sweet. All right. Coming up, we have got uh, a look at tackles. So we're going to yes. do uh, offensive tackles in our next next NFL draft show. It's an it is an interesting class with the offensive tackles. We'll, we'll just yeah. tease it at that. It's an it's an interesting class. And well, you'll you you if you want to know what I mean, you're gonna to have to tune in. <laughs> so I'm, I'll definitely be there. Um, <laughs> I was talking to the listeners. I know you're gonna be there, Bill. <laughs> so um, yeah, what else? What else is coming up? So next week we'll do two shows. I think we'll yep. do an NFL show. We'll get you all caught up on the division races, where everyone's at as we head towards the playoffs. We've yeah, we've had some four, it, four games left in the season for everyone. We've had some and, interesting developments in terms of um, the where some of the teams are going. We've got a couple of teams that looked like guaranteed playoff teams early on that seem to have just fallen yeah. apart. Yeah, um, and it seems like uh, it seems like the Vikings are actually moving uh, moving up and, and doing quite well now because uh, they were quite on the on the border there. Well, they lost bit. to the Lions, so. Um, and now the COVID-19 thing, there's a big, huge COVID-19 breakout in the league that's causing, you know, 30, 40 players now are on the list, including 14, 19, I think, on one team. 14 so, on the Browns is what yeah, I heard. 19 on the Rams. Yeah. Which is just absurd, you know. I don't, and, they've got a, they've, and they've got an important game. They're, they're playing um, a Seattle team this week that's one, two straight and is trying to get back into the race. And this is, um, you know, they have the, they have the potential to, basically bury a division rival uh, you know they want that but absolutely 19 players out including their stars their star cornerback yeah. Alan Ramsey that's going to be a um it's going to be a rough like situation and they, need, for them, and they so. need two negative tests by Saturday to, to be able to play mm-hmm. so we'll see it's a couple days here we'll know all right Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I am at Alstead NFL. The show is at uh, PF underscore playbook on Twitter and profootballplaybook.co is the website. You can find us on your favorite podcast app and YouTube. We've got our own YouTube channel. If you just look up Pro Football Playbook on YouTube, you will find all of our content there and make sure you hit the subscribe, <clears throat> subscribe button which would be awesome so we can get some followers and uh, get some more content out there for you guys. So until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.